we do every single Saturday on these airwaves. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley. Cumberland's News Talk Station, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. Come on! That's you, Merced. River Valley. Denaire. Delhi. Uh, what other D say? I don't know. LeGrand. Let's just. No, we did that in the first hour. Planata. We forgot Planata. Hey, here we are Saturday morning. The uh, bonus half hour of the voice is starting to go. I don't know. Too much partying last night or something. Or something. Anyway, uh, what is today? August 12th, 2023. The bonus half hour. We were talking. We're going to get right into it because I always blow the time. Uh, Chief Parker had his asbestos underwear on because it was hot on the dais, my friends. The uh, the head was shiny. Uh, you could uh, see the frustration in the voice. You'll hear that. Uh, we're going to get right into the last of the public comment. A couple of speakers, Nicola Adams, a uh, the Nut Festival lady, uh, and also a uh, businessman who just, you know, really, uh, you know, just moved to speak. And I love it when people are moved by the issue to speak. So let's get right into it. These are the fire fees, what it costs to... Uh, when you call 911, they're going to nick you 610 bucks. is what it basically comes down to, uh, even though they're still talking about it. So we'll see what happens. Right now, it's 125. Let's get into the public comment, and then we'll get into Chief Parker and what he has to say. Normally, I'm up here talking about the Nut Festival, which that is not the case this evening. Um, this evening, I'm talking about something that a lot of people have been calling me. A lot of older people in our community have been calling me, asking me about this. Um, and unfortunately, I don't know everything that goes in this community. Um, I try to, but I don't. This is one of the things that I'm really not clear on. And so what I'm going to suggest is that the vote be held off and that more meetings be done in the community with the community. And so give a real understanding of what you're asking. Is that $610 set in stone? How is it really going to be recovered? How is it going to affect people's lives? This is the bottom line that they're asking. How is this going to affect my life? My life. And so I think um, to be transparent, the fire department and the city, Maybe having uh, some of the meetings in the Senior Citizen Center. Uh, the library has a Gracie room downstairs holding meetings there. So the public can come and get more information about this. Um, what we hear sounds good. What we hear to some does not sound good. People are afraid. And that is the fear that we want to squash because fear leads to a whole lot of other things in the community. And right now we need to dispel the fear. And the fear is I'm not going to be able to have adequate medical attention to save my life. That is the fear. And so again, I would suggest as a community um, activist, as someone who really loves and cares about our community, that we really kind of take a step back on this hold more meetings in places where people will come, not at the fire stations, but actually at the places where the people who are calling in will come to listen to you. 
And that is what we need is people listening to find out what's really going on. And then the fire department to actually hear what these concerns are from our community and from the public and to be able to dispel some of the fears that people have. Again, the community always wants to be safe. They want to be filled, they're cared for, and they want to know that they're listened to. And so these are the things that I am suggesting. Thank you. Mr. Graham. Good evening, Mayor, Council, City staff, and fellow citizens of the great city of Merced. I didn't grow up here like so many people who have come up here tonight to talk about how long they've been in Merced. I've only been here a few years. I grew up in the great metropolis of Kingsburg, California, down the road. And at that time, there was about 8,000 to 10,000 people, so significantly smaller than Merced. But growing up there instilled into me the values of community. And that word has been used a lot tonight. Started off with uh, Kelsman Ornelius honoring a young man for giving back to his community. And that was awesome, by the way. Great job. Uh, he deserved it. But I really think we have to take a moment and think, what do we mean when we say community? Is it just giving back? Is it helping others? Is it uh, helping people who are down? Or does it also include the protection element here? that if the community needs these services, it has to be protected. Now, I had a chance to speak briefly with Chief Parker, and I thought he did a great job of coming up here and doing what people are trained to do. I have a master's in public administration along with a law degree and a couple of others that aren't worth mentioning, but they teach you to come up with data points to make a persuasive argument. Uh, they want data-driven decisions, and that's good. But we also have to think about a lot of the issues that Nicole raised talking about the fear in the community, talking about concerns over pricing. So for those who don't understand, the reason that governance charges you fees is because they're not making enough, or not receiving enough, I should say, in tax dollars to fund their whole operation. The easiest example that everyone can relate to is if you've ever been in a car accident or you've ever had any issue where you had to go see the police department, and what do they make you do? Do they just give you a copy of the report, or do you have to pay, right? You have to pay. Why do you have to pay? Because they don't have the resources that they need to give all the services that they want to give to their citizens. And that's the problem we have here. If the fire department truly needs more resources, we've got to find some way to get it to them. There's a couple options. They could give more in tax revenue. There could be some splitting of it where they give more in tax revenue. We raise some fees or he's going to raise fees. If not, what's the ultimate conclusion? We can leave it the way it is, and it'll work great. I promise everyone in this room it's going to work great until it doesn't. And then there's tragedy. And what's the nature of that tragedy? Is it small? Is it large? The outcome is the same. Politicians will raise their fists in the air. Newspapers will print it so they can get eyeballs. But who's that affect? It affects us. So perhaps they should take Nicole's advice, take a step back, have some community hearings to get additional input, and allay that fear I know you all have a tough job to do, and this is one of those moments where it's tough, so best wishes. Well, my name's Antonio Sanchez. I, I honestly never thought I was going to get up here and speak. This is the first time I show up. I've uh, opened my business here in Merced in 1998. I uh, owned a small business of Sanchez Appliances right in the corner of uh, 16th and Martin Luther King. And I, I, I actually am shocked what I'm hearing right now because I deal with the public that are barely making it, that are barely making it. They don't have extra cash. I have a, a, a business of, uh, uh, if you, most of you guys know where I'm at, 
If you notice the prices on the, on the windows, I come from a 14-kid family. That's because dad died very young or they would have had more. I know how it is when you don't have nothing. We had nothing. I slept on the floor. The only reason you see those prices there is I go to a lot of homes and people are barely making it. A man, a woman doesn't, doesn't have a job, can go collect cans, and they could buy a mattress so they could put their baby to sleep at night. Those are wholesale prices. I had a, a mattress factory here in Merced, too. I, I have humbled down. We have, we have helped so many families because of our prices. I don't tell people that, that I'm helping them. I just do it because I grew up in, in a situation where you didn't ask because there was nothing there to ask for. Six hundred and something dollars for a family. Most families that are working out here, they work in the field. They're, that's what they're making a week. That's without deductions. There is no way that, that, that one of those families, to start off, they don't know English. They don't know what's happening here. They're just going to call. They're barely making their, their, their rent and their food. Most of them are already afraid just to press three buttons, 911. Now with, a, with a, uh, a charge of 600 and something dollars to come and help the neighbor, someone's getting beat up, no one's going to call no more because you're going to charge the person with uh, this calling. I won't call if the, the, I see the neighbor uh, getting robbed. I won't call him. I'm going to get charged or he's going to get charged. There's things that we have to uh, come down to earth and say, hey, I'm doing okay, but there's people that are not. I never expected to stand up here. I wasn't even going to show up today. But what I was hearing right now, I just couldn't stay sitting down and be quiet. We have to be very careful with, with the laws we pass because there's people that are really struggling. You're, you're looking at one dreamer that started 30 years my business. Thank you, sir. Three minutes, sir. Yes. And thank you for your time. And, and we appreciate your you. comments. Appreciate it. Thank you, sir. So you had Nicola and then, uh, you know, very well-educated gentleman, a good speaker, but uh, I don't know, it kind of gets on a tangent a little bit there. And then, uh, you know, this this, this uh, business owner, you know, appliance guy who uh, really sees the poverty here in town, in the, in our valley, unfortunately. It's, uh, it's just a part of our demographic. Just go to the census figures and uh, you'll see. Education levels, all those things. That's why uh, we really need to have good schools. But again, that's another that's another show. Let's now get into what Chief Parker and his response, some of the comments by uh, Mayor Mazzarato. I can't play all of this. It went on five hours. So just doing the best I can. Here we go with Chief Parker on the hot seat. All right. Brings the public hearing to conclusion. Um, and we'll bring it back to council for questions of Chief Parker and for discussion. Um, this, this item's been before us uh, before. Is, is, Chiefs aware had prior uh, conversations. There's a number of uh, uh, fee increases proposed in the uh, master fee schedule. Most of them, uh, you know, obviously weren't discussed, but they're uh, small uh, fee increases uh, pegged to the to, to the CPI, the Consumer Price Index, cost essentially uh, pegged to inflation. So a, n- a number of uh, uh, small in- increases, um, and then there's obviously the one that the callers uh, discussed at some length, uh, and uh, we have had addressed. Uh, at prior council meetings as well. So, uh, Chief, I'd go back to you to start um, and simply how do you respond? There's, I mean, there's a number of callers who make a very l- legitimate public policy concern where if they're going to 
call for emergency services, potentially light the life-saving services that your department offers in many occasions that um, they're going to be hit with a significant bill. And that bill could discourage them from calling 911 and then in effect uh, and calling for your the services you offer and in effect endanger lives. I mean, how do you respond to that? Yeah, thank you. Um, so it's, I mean, this is this is what we we have an opportunity for in this country is free speech. But um, with free speech does not always come accuracy. So uh, one of the things I'm going to start with um, what we what we are presented with here in this county. And so within this county, we have a commercial payer mix of 10%. What does that mean? So we have a 10% commercial payer mix. That means that 10% of the community has commercial health healthcare insurance. And so those that 10% mix is where we look at um, fees, such as a first responder fee, such as an ambulance transport fee, being paid between 70 and sometimes 100%, 70 and 95, 85, 95%, and that bill being paid. And when you get payment, you can always balance bill. You can take that payment as payment in full. You have options and you get to make those policies. Um, and so when we talk about being able to project revenue and we have to project revenue to know how many positions we can hire, this first step of establishing a fee structure is what we need to do to move forward. And so specifically to the first responder fee, there's, I'm, I'm going to respond to what a number of the callers stated that they can't believe that we would come up with an idea like that, that it's bad for the community. This has been going on in this community for greater than 20 years. So this is this is not a new thing. It is administered through the RFP by the private ambulance contractor. We get a bill, or not a bill, we get a check quarterly. We, we generate revenue that we've recorded um, in meetings with uh, individual council members. I've, I've showed that and how that's broken down and what we see. Um, and so we generate revenue based off of the first responder fee and the treat no transport. So for the purposes of, of this discussion, um, I'm going to, I'm going to talk to you about commercial insurance, and then we're going to go into what the, the heart of, um, the heart of the, the providers, the government providers in, in this, uh, county are Medicaid or Medi-Cal, um, the Medi-Cal product, roughly 50% Medi-Cal within this community. There's another 35% of the elderly and infirmed who get receive another federal um, insurance, and that's the Medicare product. Um, Medicare A, B, F, Q, like the, the letters go on forever. Um, so I'm going to just briefly speak to those two uh, insurance products, the Medicaid product, which is administered in California as Medi-Cal, and the Medicare product. And those are those are governed by the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services and out of Washington, D.C. And those 85% of, of the insurance within this county, 85% is a federal product. We can't, we can bill them, but we cannot balance bill them. Um, in the Medicaid product, they don't pay us uh, for the first responder fee. The Medicare product, you there is some revenue, very small amount of revenue that does come from that. And so within those two products right there, that's 85% of our call volume. Now you add the 10% of the commercial insurance that takes you to 95% of all the calls. And then there's a 5% um, question. And that is the uninsured, self-pay, um, self-insured. That That is the people who who need to be addressed. And that... That five percent group—that's um, that's roughly uh, what twelve, 
600 persons, um, 600 calls for service per year that we have to answer questions on. And that is, um, with those with those 5%, what is their poverty level? Um, do they get a waiver? And so the poverty, the federal poverty level starts from one down to eight persons, it lists your income, um, and then it's multiplied by two for a 50% reduction times three for a 25 or 75% re no, 25% reduction. And there's a table and it's within the draft um, uh, compassion fee waiver policy that is provided to everybody. So that takes up the 100% of, uh, of our payer mix and, and part of that discussion. So there is a lot of information that people, or there's a lot of uh, words that people are stating that uh, we're gonna balance bill them. We're gonna hit them with a $610 um, fee. I did not come up with that fee. <laughs> Nobody within the fire department came up with the $610 fee. That is a, a consultant, AP Triton. Um, they looked at our wages, our equipment costs, our call volume, our payer mix. They looked at all of it. And what does it take to operate and provide that service? And then they said, what's your, the big question is, what is your payer mix? And what is your commercial payer mix, your commercial insurance payer mix. And they take that payment in full and they base that and that's how they get to that number. So with all of that, with all of that information, I have no dog in the fight. We provided the information that the consultant uh, stated that that would provide complete cost recovery because based on 1998 conversation for, and, and direction from council, that is what was directed and we're still following and abiding by that. Um, it Council gets to determine the fee. Um, we're just providing that recommendation. So um, that's just, and, and just that, those two things, that treat no transport, which is $300 and that already exists and that is what is administered actually above that. It's greater than that now because those costs have been increased quarterly. Um, but that already exists and the first responder fee already exists. It's just under a different uh, fee amount of $125. So I think for the purposes of this conversation this evening, we talk about fire prevention fees, we talk about EMS transport fees, and then we talk about non-transport fees. So there's the information for the non-transport fee questions. Okay, let me just be clear and then I'll turn it over to my colleagues for additional questions. Um, you have, uh, Currently, uh, Briggs Ambulance is the, is the the ambulance provider throughout the Simza, yeah, correct. Um, and we, you have made a significant push and have a significant desire to supplement uh, emergency coverage and ambulance coverage within the city of Merced. And so it's your desire, and, and the council supported it. We've uh, acquired equipment, we've acquired a, a ambulance, those sort of things, um, to help the fire department build up their their uh, emergency uh, medical services. Correct. You're correct. Yes. Okay. And you know, one way or another, we're going to have to pay for it. Correct. And um, currently, Riggs does this, essentially does this billing, and this is essentially authorizing our fire department to do what Riggs has been doing for over two decades. Uh, they've been doing it for probably close to 70 years, but ab yeah, yes, ab absolutely correct. Okay. And the point, again, the point that, that members of the public make is a valid one. The people, if they have to get a bill if they call 901, it's a, it's a deterrent to doing so. So when you're talking about, you know, you're gonna pay for it via fees or via taxes, uh, you know, how are you gonna do it? But your point is the 10% who have insurance, commercial insurance, insurance is gonna get the bill and they're not gonna see the bill. Right. 
So we have to, as we move forward, we develop these fees, we have to develop the policies, we have the, we will contract with a billing company. There's a number of, of pre-hospital public provider billing companies that, that exist. They have access to all the policies and council would, would uh, be given the, the authority for policy. We don't have the ability to transport right now because we don't have the vehicle. So we have some time to establish all, all these policies. These are, these are all new services that we're adding. Uh, transport would be yes, yeah. and we currently go to calls and we receive both treat no transport and and uh, first responder fee today. And, I mean that that's just part of what we do today. But just real quick, so the ten percent would be the ten percent with commercial insurance. Would they see a bill, or is that a yeah? A so so they there's there's a lot to this question. We could talk for hours on this, but they're going to receive a bill. They're also going to get a, a statement from their insurance provider that says um, this is a statement of services and and uh, this is not a bill. And so that you can see what services your insurance um, paid for. Many people with insurance are, are familiar with that. Um, and then then what what is what is left? And so let's say your your insurance X pays 75 percent of your bill. My recommendation for policy as we move forward is payment and in, payment in full and not to balance bill. Um, that is my recommendation. Now, when it comes to Medicare, when it comes to um, uh, Medi-Cal, we cannot go and balance bill them in the pre-hospital service. So hospitals are different. Yeah. And okay, so hospitals let me, let me are- Let me stop you real quick. So for the 10%, I just want to be 100% clear. For the 10% uh, for with commercial insurance, we send a bill um, and then the insurance company is going to pay a percentage of it unclear exactly what that'll be at this point. Mm -hmm. And then it'll be a policy decision for this body um, to see whether or not and to what extent we're going to balance bill. You're correct. With 85% federal Medicare, Medicaid, uh, uh, Medi-Cal, and federal and state programs. CMS programs, yes. We cannot balance bill. Correct. So we send those. We send Payment in full. We send it, and they send back whatever they send back to us according to state and federal policy. And then we cannot bill was 85%. Correct. So we don't balance bill. Now, if somebody provides you a, I'm a, I'm a, a Medi-Cal or sorry, Medicare, um, uh, recipient and I have supplemental, you know, Aetna supplemental and shouldn't use brand name, but I did. Um, and, uh, I have a supplemental insurance provider that will take that information and we'll bill that insurance. That's, that's what you do is you take advantage of those, um, those providers, and then we receive that payment. But if somebody just has Medicare Part A, then we take that. We're going to get that uh, through the billing company. They, they, this is their job. They, they bill people on a regular basis, and, and they, they understand the, the rules and regulations, and that's why we contract them. We do not want to. We do not want to do the billing ourselves. That is not a desire. So, if again, to be clear, if 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 callers, if, if a caller says, "Look, I'm a low income senior." Uh, I'm on uh, Medicare, mm -hmm. and uh, I'm going to get a bill. Okay, Medicaid, uh, and I'm going to get a bill for doing this. You're saying not true. Yeah, they're, they're going to receive a paper bill that then they're they're going their Medicare in in your example, their Medicare is going to pay for that, and that is payment in full. They're going to get an ex explanation of um, explanation of benefits. Thank you, audience, and. Uh, Explanation of benefits, and then we're done, and they move on. Um, and so that is how that—that's how that works. The the pre-hospital side is different than the hospital side because we are providing—they're um, providing a care, and we're providing a, a service, transportation, and that's how that's viewed in the in CMS's eyes. Okay. 
And then the remaining 5%, that is essentially ultimately a policy decision for this, this body. At what level do we want to, at what income level do we want to start assisting on those fees? So we could potentially say if you make you know, less than a million dollars, we're going to waive the fees, potentially. You're correct. All right. And exactly uh, how much under a million uh, that income level will be set at is still up for discussion as this item was kicked, uh, the can was kicked down the road on this item. And I don't know uh, when we'll come back to it, but I'm sure it'll be soon. But we're out of time for this segment. Number said County's Citizen Watch. That's right. You thought I was going to say 6 o'clock news. No, it's Citizen Watch on Merced's News Talk Station, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. I guess we'll go out with the intro. We're out of time. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.